0: For anyone that doesn't um know me, I um my background is graphic design, um, and I those are my qualifications, um, graphic design. And um I have been a graphic designer for many years now, um, and um I design websites and graphics for fitness professionals. Um, it's something that I've actually been doing only for about a year and a half, um, although I've been involved in graphics and websites for many years I've been um, working with different firms and um, working on like miscellaneous projects. Um, so yeah, that's my background. Um, but I've been a creative all my life. I've created, um, handbags that was for a long time, my full-time job. So I've always created something. Um, but in the end, um, my calling was to help people and, um, help them kind of grow their brands. So, this is where I'm now.
1: And what made you get into it in the first place? Like, did you um, study or like prior to prior to you getting into obviously graphic design and working for different companies and stuff? Did you study it? Or did you have an interest? Like, when you was growing up through school and stuff, what was your yeah. like main yeah, yeah, yeah. main things that interested you? I guess.
0: Oh, I was I was always the girl who could draw.
1: <laughs> oh really? People didn't know my
0: name. I was the girl that could um, could draw anything and everything. I would. Um, do you draw um, now um not so much no just digitally that's the thing but that's the yeah. thing
1: that you find that so funny how people mm. like because if that is something that stemmed from a from a childhood like Definitely. maybe you should get back to that i've started getting love, back to that
0: i would i would absolutely adore it um Shouldn't because be. for a long time fine arts was the thing that i was um that would be my creative outlet in school and in college and only in um in At my university course um I started to learn Photoshop and illustrator just to sort of um i guess have the ability to create more digitally and that was obviously like the, the trend um and I sort of stemmed from from that um but yeah for for since the beginning since my like very early years I've drawn and always created something beautiful like that was always my thing
1: what was your favorite, my favorite thing to draw?
0: I, I used to be obsessed with um, abstract art and anatomy. Weirdly enough, I would draw okay. um, watercolour paintings of like x-rays. And okay. um, like, <laughs> they would actually be quite similar to some of my personal photography now. So I would draw like um, an x-ray in like electric blue watercolour and it would kind of like not even look like an x-ray would kind of abstract. And I've always been obsessed with colour. And now if you kind of look at my, Instagram page and maybe some of the stuff that I used to draw like 10 20 years ago um you'd probably be able to see a bit of a re- resemblance so it's
1: quite interesting what have you still got some of the some of the drawings that you used to do yeah
0: yeah
2: you
0: yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should always yeah keep hold of them they might be worth money one to, day you never know pick
0: them up. exactly yeah exactly but, but you
1: should uh yeah go on
0: it's interesting that some of the stuff that I used to draw were, were um, muscles and anatomy. And it's weird that I now kind of work with this industry, and mm. people and ability, and that has obviously an interesting connection.
1: I think uh, I had a conversation with uh, somebody a while back, actually, in regards to like doing or working for yourself or becoming like, I don't know, like the word entrepreneur is just being thrown around like far too much right now. But I feel like people who um, like work mainstream, who work like nine to five jobs, who, who just kind of go with the flow, they always kind of complain about like their job. Well, majority of people will complain about their job and how they dislike it and stuff like that. But very few people will kind of make the job to try and do something that they actually feel passionate about. And sometimes half the time, I think it's the reason because they don't actually know what they are good at or what they could become good at and I had a conversation a while back with somebody, and it, for me personally, like it would always stem back to whatever you were passionate about as a child and somehow like it doesn't they don't have to like completely correlate with each other, but majority of the time like anybody who has like made the shift towards uh, working for themselves or creating, or if you have a creative mind in general, um, mm. everything that you kind of do can tie into what it was that you were actually really passionate about or excited about as a child. And for me, the, my, my main, yeah, my, for me, my main two uh, like biggest excitements as, ch- as a child was being creative, drawing, um like watching movies and like
2: mm-hmm.
1: just things like that but also as well it was, it was yeah but also with that it was fitness as well so I was wasn't so much really into like fitness as a child but more so I was into like a lot of sport and stuff like that and then as I progressed and grew mm-hmm. uh more so like kind of fitness came in so it's the two elements of being having a creative mind loving drawing loving art and then fitness as well, which has kind of led me to where I am, where I kind of am now. So, but it right. definitely makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Definitely, um, yeah. What sort of stuff do you think that you specialize in now? What would be your, what would be your kind of, your, your speciality? Or say for instance, if, I don't know, like what, what, what is it that you offer? What do you, as, as like a package or, or the business that you kind of run and, um, and own?
0: I guess my USB is um, the visual design of my work. So, the visual, stunning, beautiful. <laughs> do I dare I say it? Um, websites and, and graphics that I create for um, my niche. And so there's there's obviously so many um, people who do the same thing, like like in every industry. But I feel like what separates me from everyone else is the ability to um, create a visual for a client um, that represents them in like the most um, stunning way. So be it, be it a website or social media graphics or um, something uh, along those lines. Obviously, those are the two things that I create um, at the moment. Um, so, how do you find... Yeah, I mean,
1: how how do you find uh working with specific clients because you your speciality is obviously people in the fitness industry right so people and obviously that tying in with like website and social media would be probably more along the lines of people wanting to potentially make an impact online rather than like the one-to-one stuff one-to-one coaching yeah yeah yeah.
2: so So,
1: how do you find that? that is working with these kinds of people? Do you find that the majority of people do have a creative mind, but they don't know where to start? Or do you think more so that they don't uh, really have an understanding of what specific things work in different kind of platforms, i.e. what you would do on social media platforms, for instance, would probably not be anything like what you would be doing on, on like a website, of like a, a website, a standard website, which would be directed towards obviously sales.
2: Mm-hmm. So, how, so how do
1: you so find it is working with these people?
0: I um I I find it really interesting re- regardless whether someone has um got an idea of what they want to sort of achieve with their brand or um equally are like helping people who are just completely like lost and then look a bit clueless as to how to go about building their brand. um What I do love what I do enjoy is working with people who give me complete creative freedom and then I go ahead and suggest what I think will be best for them and um, thankfully I've never had anyone saying that they don't like any of my suggestions or any of my work although that is my biggest fear someone turning around and saying I think you're crap I've never had that thank god yeah
1: I don't think that will ever happen
0: (laughs) but it's equally rewarding working with um, people or just having conversations with people who are completely um, in line with their goals and what they want to achieve. And I often reach out to me and ask for my opinion and advice. And I don't necessarily work with those people, but um, what I do on, on, on the social platforms um, like Instagram is just give free advice and connect with people and help people um, for free. So um there's so many different coaches that I work with. There's so many yeah. um, who have already established a great online presence and I admire them and I connect with them and we help each other and we inspire each other. Um, but there's equally people who are just qualified as personal trainers and coaches and they have absolutely no idea where to start. Um, but in that case, I kind of give them um, all my advice and um, like that's what my Instagram page is actually all about. It's, it's all about how to sort of, Um, create a better online presence for yourself
1: and do you think that's where people kind of uh, for me anyway like my opinion of the whole kind of fitness industry and the whole shift and movement from one-to-one to to now wanting to come online I think that uh, people somewhere in between somewhere in the middle people don't really have an understanding of what their social media of the difference between what their social media is say for instance from a personal page to then trans, uh, transferring it over to then become a business page. And I think there's this mm-hmm. kind of bit in the middle where people, they kind of are, are very much like confused and trying to focus on two different elements. Whereas mm-hmm. for me personally, if I see someone's page who is, say, for instance, a, a good online coach or someone who's been successful in that online realm, they know the difference and they know the ratios of what they should be what they should be portraying on their, on their Instagram page, rather than kind of their, their personal own life. Mm -hmm. And obviously there has to be a balance in between, because as we all know, like people buy into you as a person. So you should be showing the majority of like some of your like personal life as well. But I feel like people don't really know the difference between the two. And also if they should be giving away like free information, because for someone who's kind of, I guess, trying to get into the whole online social media fitness coaching world that we are in at the moment it's hard right it must be hard and it must be it, it must be daunting because you're seeing all these people that are doing it and you're seeing all these people who are creating so-called success and I say so-called success because you'll never really know anybody's true success through that realm but like what would you say to somebody who's kind of like just thinking about jumping online and doing doing the move or they've been doing it for a while and they haven't really seen much traction and they don't really have an understanding of what things they should post or what would be more but most beneficial for them to post like what are the sort of things that you would say for them to focus on?
0: I, I, I would definitely um, encourage them to focus on um, value-driven content um, and posting regularly and not worrying about the formats and um just remembering that it's all about um you building a network on instagram you um connecting with people and if you basically try and post on a consistent basis then it's the best thing is to look at your insights and see what content has performed well and then just taken from there so maybe do it for about a week do it for two weeks see what has been your most saved content because basically a lot of people will have different audiences so I I don't want to sort of preach on one thing in particular to begin with it's all about sort of gauging what what your best content is and then building on that if you don't know then trust thing that you need to do is obviously figure out what your niche is and the best thing is to reach out to them dm them comments on their posts and start conversations and genuinely start to network and find out what are the most what are the biggest things that people are struggling with and that should be where your best content should come from um if you are able to solve some of the problems that your audience is struggling with that will give you Growth on Instagram, because um, that will give you engagement, people will interact with with um, the value that you provide, and engagement breeds engagement, but you have to start from somewhere so if you 're one hundred percent lost and you don 't know what to do, just just make a start on you know what what you think is right, but don't procrastinate, just try and do something consistently so that you're able to look at your insights and read something because otherwise. Otherwise, how
1: else can you start? Do you think that you procrastinate? Uh,
0: not so much anymore. No. Really? No. No. I i'm, I'm, I I'm
1: consistently. Uh, that's a, that's another thing that I wanted to ask you as well, because your posts they are really frequent, and you have um specific like timings. Do you do you, you obviously go into your insights a lot, I guess, and you see which ones like mm-hmm. taking your own advice, I guess, but when you post frequently is that just where uh coming from oh when when i have a post that's finished it will be posted or do you actually kind of have like a kind of deadline in the back of your head where you're like okay i need to post at this time of this day
0: no in in terms of time of the day now it really doesn't matter because everyone is at home everyone is always on instagram it doesn't matter you can post at 3 a.m and you're gonna get (laughs) to it Great engagement. So up until the lockdown, it did matter. It, it did. And I've always thought that posting in the beginning of the day as opposed to the end of the day gives you more momentum for your post to pick up. So regardless if your audience are, you know, they are all mostly engaged after 9pm, I still think that, you know, posting in the beginning of the day gives you the ability to uh, your posting to kind of pick up momentum. But in regards to um, posting consistently, um, it's it's um sort of a I don't know if it's a well-known thing now, but basically if, on social media or, or with anything, if you almost do a bit of a like a sprint or like a thirty or a ninety-day challenge, there's a great sense of achievement at the end. And on social media, especially on Instagram, if you post consistently daily. Instagram does give you and your growth a lot of momentum. So if you do it consistently, there is a lot of kind of goodness that comes along with it. And I've, um, in the beginning of the year, I started to connect with um, um, a design niche of sorts um, who I've taken a lot of inspiration from. And I've made some really great friends and um, networked with so many great people. And they've inspired me to sort of do not really a sprint but just um just encouraged me to post consistently and only great things have come from that um
1: but when you find so here's the the issue that i kind of have with posting like quote unquote frequently is that because uh i feel and this is because of like my mindset and my mindset is that okay so i actually like the way that my social media feed looks I like the mm-hmm. aesthetic layout of my social media feed and it is kind of like a grid format. So I will have like blocks of the lines that you have like in your blocks of threes, I will have like a specific, um, design to how that I, I will post. But the issue with that is, is then taking the time to actually create those three specific designs of posts. And the reason why I kind of procrastinate a lot, and I guess why my feed isn't as mo- as lively as other people's, is I'm always trying to chase my previous mm-hmm. post. So if I mm-hmm. post something in a, in a block of three, then that next time round that that third post comes round, I'm always trying to either match it or better than, make it better than the previous one. And sometimes yeah. that just doesn't happen. And sometimes yeah. I get like what's, what writers would, be known for a writer's blog. So yeah, 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 Do you think it's do you think it's as important to just continuously push out as much content as possible? Or do you think it's important for each specific post to be as engaging or as impactful um as your previous one? Because how many times how and just a quick question, like how many times a, a day do you post? Do you post once a day, twice a day, three three oh, Yeah, yeah a day? of course, yeah.
0: Just just the once. Um okay. I think it's I think it's more important like the, the the bigger picture um actually and your just like you the goal that you want to like why are you on Instagram like what is your what is the goal of your content you know your goal or your audience's goals they'll, they'll be different everyone's goals are different but if you are passionate about growing your brand on instagram it, I wouldn't worry about your be looking like an art gallery it's it's about the bigger picture it's about you building something of yourself that your audience um, loves that your audience you um, basically want your audience to kind of become your fan base and there's so many strategies to do that and the look and the format of your content is secondary but the, the value and the actual quality of your content comes first so I think you just need to strip it down and just think about, like, why are you actually posting? Like, what do you want to achieve? Um, so I think that's the, the question that everyone needs to ask themselves.
1: And do you think that um, aesthetics, in regards to the posts that you're posting, matter?
0: Yeah, they do, especially when you're starting to build your brands. So they 100% matter. Um so Gary Vee, well, I'm sure everyone knows Gary Vee a few months ago, he's posted a very uh, interesting post about like the fact that you shouldn't treat your um, grid as your gallery. Now I have to kind of disagree on that. And I, I 100% agree that it shouldn't be an art gallery and you shouldn't be too particular with ha- how it looks because that should come secondary. Um, mm but it is important how um, your grid looks and your bio is very important. It needs to um, be very welcoming for any new followers and people who are considering following you because when they land on your page, it's like when someone lands on your website. It's like first impressions count. If you want to monetize your Instagram and if you want to grow your brand on Instagram, like of course it matters how you present yourself. <laughs> it matters. Looks matter. Yeah um as you know as superficial as it sounds. So there's some best practices that people definitely kind of need to research and yeah, there's there's a Do you think
1: that, <laughs> yeah of course. Do you think that it matters about um specific kind of software or apps or equipment that people use? Because the majority of the time when I get like asked about some of my posts like the messages that i get will be from people and like in honesty the majority of them will be asking about what equipment i use what software i use they'll be asking what cameras i use i know for like for instance like you're more heavily um along the lines of using kind of software and graphics whereas i kind of try and implement both i implement like the footage that i'll get from from my camera and then i'll overlay graphics and stuff on over the top of it but yeah do you think that it matters so much about the equipment that people use or and if not like what where would be a starting point for say for somebody who's literally just got could just got an iphone or or a a smartphone in general
0: yeah so formats i don't want to say it doesn't matter It, it matters but that shouldn't be uh, the first thing that you kind of think about, oh, what, what, should, I, what should I do? The, the actual starting point should be like, what well, do you want to choose the post? Do you want to, um, what should be the outcome? I often reverse engineer the, the, the um, process of my posts and hands down with any industry, any how-to content, any step-by-step content, always works the most gets the most saved because people are on Instagram obviously wanting to be entertained but they also want to learn to find out something new so if they're following um, you for uh, your content and people will only follow you for your content you do want to provide a little bit of like educational content and maybe something that's entertaining Um, the best starting point will be reading books Audiobooks, podcasts, like reaching out to followers and asking them questions, networking, um, watching YouTube videos, um, collaborating with people, collaborating with people within their own niche, creating content together. There's 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 no right to wrong. You can literally do anything and everything. I wouldn't repeat the same thing over and over again because a lot of people that I um, that I meet, they only post workout videos now or they only create one, one type of content it's definitely a good idea to have some diversity um, in what you do um, by no means do you have to create carousels because they are the biggest trends but if you um, are interest, interested in graphics um, creators like me I often give away free templates um, and back today I've, I've, um, I'm giving away free camera templates um which is a carousel and it's all about um creating more awareness about anxiety in this time of social distancing so i'm encouraging coaches to take it and either post just how it is or add your own logo website and whatever else and just create it and start some conversations um and creating some awareness so there's there's loads of things that you could do um but the formats should be um, secondary.
1: That leads me onto the kind of a question that I was gonna ask you, and it might be throwing a bit of a spanner in the works, but I love it because I love a good debate. And just for anybody who potentially is listening to this, like my opinion, like I'm an opinionated person. Like I don't really, like I'm not a bad person, I'm not a negative person, but in general, my opinions matter to me and majority of the time, being that i'm a guy i assume that i'm right all the time about everything as well <laughs> so like just for anybody who's listening like and if it does get to the point where i throw some questions out at you and stuff like just know like anything that you do or anything that you create like i wouldn't potentially want to have you on on a podcast if i didn't uh think that you were extremely skilled at what you do but my main issue is People out there who kind of take the lazy option, and they see something that's potentially trending, like an infographic or a carousel, and they kind of milk it dry. And for me, one of my main, uh, one of the things that grinds my gears massively is people who would potentially uh, steal posts or would just mimic completely other people's creative minds. Or in general, do something because they're not doing it with the with the idea that they will either gain uh, clients from it or actually want to give out good information. They're literally just doing it for traction. They're doing it because they know that it might get a like, or they're doing it they know that it might do well because it's a specific post. Mm-hmm. So, like you're probably most well known for right now for your carousel posts which by the way are fucking insane. Like i put out stuff on my stories before taking the piss out of carousel posts. And it's not because I dislike carousel posts. It's the same, like it was exactly the same when infographics were going around. Like in pe- yeah. like people would create Instagram pages which would just be a massive line yeah. of just infographics, and the reason they do it nine times out of ten is because they know that it's trending and they know that it's doing well. Mm. But mm. what's your opinion on that? I know you're a massive advocate of carousel posts, and like I say, you do create them and create really, really good ones as well.
0: Thank you, thank you. Um, there's there's always going to be people that um steal people's work. That's i know people successful people in in the the carousel niche whose posts do really well but people as soon as they post those posts people screenshot them and repost them as their own on on instagram on linkedin and it's crazy but you can't do anything about it so um i've only seen it a couple of times um for myself but um Ultimately, I, I don't let it get to myself. I, I now, in fact, encourage people to copy my work. Please go <laughs> serve your audience. <laughs> I, like?
2: yeah.
0: I encourage it. So today yeah. I'm taking one step one step further and actually giving them the actual post. Um, that's taken me quite a lot of time to create. Um, but I just, I think it will kind of um, be of benefits for people and their own audiences um but what's your
1: what, what what's your what's your attraction towards carousel posts take out of the equation okay let's say for instance okay you and i both know that a carousel post and let's be honest people do car- carousel posts and they look like dog shit. like i've seen some carousel posts and i'm just like oh my like you could i like, can yeah. literally ask like a five year old to draw a better <laughs> <laughs> to draw a better graphic but yeah. I know that they're aesthetically pleasing. I know that obviously you being with your background and your creative mind, that you can create extremely uh, engaging and aesthetically pleasing, like carousel posts in general. Mm. Um, but like, what's the, what's the reasoning behind it? Like, let's say for instance, you, you enjoy doing them, right? I have, you have, no, I have no doubt I that you actually enjoy them. doing them. But yeah, yeah, if, they didn't do, if they didn't do so well, if they were if they were a not a, not such a great engage didn't get much engagement when you posted them on social media do you think you'd still do them because it kind yeah. of ticks that creative box for you or do no you,
0: it's not do about you, ticking yeah it's not about ticking a creative box the the nature of the carousel is that it tells a story and people love storytelling for hundreds of millions of years people are obsessed with storytelling and they um people like the the takeaway that a carousel post should present in itself. So there's a beginning, middle, and an end. And at the end, after you've provided some information, built some traction, built some interest with your slides, at the end you should have a takeaway that your audience should be able to take and apply somehow and improve their life, their diet, their fitness. And that is the, the, the brilliant thing about it because it, it works like a mini ebook. It looks like a mini, works like a mini course. It's, it's the bite-sized information that it presents and it gives away. And it says at the end, go and do this to improve this. And that's why people love it. The, al- the fact that it does well um, in the algorithm, the fact that people like the look of the good looking carousels, like that's secondary. What it actually... its ability to help people um, in in its formats when it's done well, that is the the one thing that um, attracts me most to this sort of format Um, because you're just able to do so much, you know, with the 10 slides.
1: Yeah. And do you implement, because I've seen on some of your carousel posts as well, you'll have some uh, video graphics in there as well, so it doesn't have to standardly be like an image, do you do that for the for the purpose that
0: it can then Yeah, I do that just because I can, just because <laughs> someone else is doing it. And I'm the only yeah. well, I think yeah. I can only see that I'm the only one doing it. And I'm I'm ruling that for the time being anyway, because I'd like to. Because I, I enjoy using After Effects and I enjoy using Photoshop and the Illustrator. Um and um it's it's a bit of a creative like out, output for me. So of course the information and the the value in the post, I kind of create that first. And that is the the main reason why I usually create, um, my, my carousel and my graphics, but then how I execute them. You know, sometimes I like to have a little, if I have spare time, then I'll, then I'll do a video. If I have, you know, an extra half an hour or an hour, I might just create some more visual, um, graphics to sort of enhance my design and people like it, people appreciate it. So, um, you Know if you can do it, if you're what, if you can be bothered to do these things, if you've got time, and I believe now everyone has a little bit more time, so everyone should actually be able to um, put some more effort in creating better looking content. Um, but it should, I yeah. think, should always stem from the value on what you actually want to achieve. From how long?
1: How long does it take you in general to to create a post? I do that? No. <laughs> no, I need to know because sometimes <laughs> I can sit there for hours and days creating a post, and then you put you know it what? up and it, it's like a thirty second it, it, thing, and you're it, like, oh.
0: Yeah. The, the the worst thing is like if when you've done it, you're like, all right, what's what's next? Because ultimately, it's, it's kind of throwaway content in, in a way. But then, if you think about it this way, if you create, if you put in um, time and effort into your content, and you create this sort of content consistently on your page, then your page will work like a, a brilliant resource, like a library for your audience to sort of be on and spend time on and engage with, and people will go back and go over your content. They'll read it again. They'll share it again. Um, so there's, <clears throat> there's definitely a lot of um, um, it's definitely worth putting in time and effort into your content. Some of my posts take between um, an hour up to four hours sometimes. Mm. If my written content is not on point, if I'm not if I'm a bit iffy about you know all my written content, then that's when things can procrastinate because I won't be sure if something is like valuable enough, have I done the same thing before? Is this sort of better than what I've done before? Um, but ultimately, I always try and listen to my audience. Now, like all my content stems from the conversations that I'm having with personal trainers and coaches. So most of the time, I know, like that it's gonna it's gonna do well because I'm answering the question that people were asking me last week.
1: Yeah, and what would you think? Uh, uh what what do you think your answer would be to people who would, would say about or have worries about um, wanting to grow a, a, like a, a, a massive following, a humongous following. Like obviously Instagram right now is, it's not only saturated in the industry that we're in with majority of people mm-hmm. wanting to do and doing very similar things. But in general, Instagram, I feel as the main platform that's around at the moment is saturated in general. There's so many people on Instagram at the yeah. moment. and There's so many people trying to build, massive followings and massive amounts of engagement and when it can be daunting for somebody say for instance who's either just starting out who who's just been doing it for, a, mm-hmm. for like a couple of years and they haven't built up a following and they see these other people with massive followers and all these likes mm-hmm. and all these comments and all this engagement it can be very very daunting to, for some people You yourself, your page was it was it a private page before you started it, or did you go straight into a business page?
2: It was more
0: of a personal page. It was more of a personal page, and with time, I built up some of my like more valuable content. But um, there is absolutely no shortcuts to creating um, a tribe, a big following, and it's harder now than it has ever been before because. It seems like it was a lot easier to get likes and followers a few years ago. So, a lot of people have built up the massive followings from just posting pictures of themselves. If you are just starting out doing this now and your goal is to build a personal brand on Instagram, be prepared to put in the work. There is absolutely no shortcuts. Buying followers and buying likes will only um put a massive red mark black cross whatever you want to call it and your reach with your followers is just going to basically instagram will punish you it won't give you good uh, reach for um, your followers so you can buy ten hundred thousand million followers <coughs> but um you're not going to get anything from it you won't be able to monetize instagram or get um many shares, you're not gonna get any authentic engagements. Um I really hope that people understand that. I kind of to me it seems like the the dumbest thing to do, but I think there are still people that think it's normal to, to do these things, but it's the worst thing that you can do. And if you've done it and you think you will you want to grow on Instagram, then you need to start a new accounts because um you're never, never, never going to get any um very good engagements with your content, unfortunately. And I have seen, and I know this, I'm saying this, and I'm confident in saying this, because I've had conversations with people that have been there and that mm. have gone through that. Um, so it's extremely difficult to um, build a brand nowadays. The only thing that I will suggest is create constant, uh, uh, consistent co- uh, content on a consistent basis. Um, make it value-based connect with your audience build a community on instagram and just do it every day um don't procrastinate and start from where you are and it's, it's only it's only going to um get more saturated like instagram there's only going to be more people on instagram you could definitely um look at joining platforms like tiktok and post some of your content from there on Instagram because um, TikTok obviously gives you a great ability to create entertaining content and posting entertaining content on Instagram is definitely key at this moment in time. And I see more and more people doing it and it's doing really, really well. Um, there's also a lot more um, chance your content going viral on, on TikTok um but just remember apparently the first five videos that you post if you have a new account the first five videos are hugely important and it's worth you kind of doing some research and seeing what other people within your niche are doing and then creating something that kind of beats that um
1: that's interesting to know what um you say about uh people who obviously have gone down the route of buying followers or buying interactions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've always been like, I've always been the sort of person that's kind of like, well, what are you going to achieve out of it anyway? Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like all that you're really ever going to be doing is kind of try to strike, trying to strike your own ego, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You're trying to put up this. And this is the issue that I have a lot of the time with social media in general is a lot of it is a lot of smoke and mirrors, and people were kind of like, are they really living the lives they're living, or are they just posting stuff because they know it's going to do well, or people are going to buy into it and stuff like that? But I've always been along the lines of, well, if you're trying to make like, a, if you're trying to like make a living out of social, out of social media, so if you are a fitness coach and you want to try and build traction to pull in clients like surely it's better to have a smaller, surely it's better to have a smaller following because then you can make sure that 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 following is fully engaged with what you're doing. And then if it is engaged, then the chances of them then converting over to clients is dramatically more, uh, improved more rather than if I have 50,000 followers, say for instance, and only, I don't know, like 10% of that is, or less than that, like 0.5% of that is actually engaging with me. Yeah, so it's definitely
0: yeah. not about the yeah. numbers, it's definitely not about the numbers, and it's about the um, when you can actually provide your niche. It's better to have 500 maybe 20 followers <laughs> who are your true fans, the mm. problems you can solve, who will um, ultimately want to do business with you because that is, you know, that if you are treating Instagram like your business page and if you want to uh kind of go down that route and maybe create some passive income from Instagram then you want to have a uh, an engaged audience that you could lead and be friends with who come to you who you should be their number one source for um you know the, the problems that you that are trying to solve um and there's so many great opportunities that can come from that you know new friendships networking working opportunities you can do whatever you want if you have an engaged audience but if you know if the majority of them are board followers then not only will instagram only show your content to less than 10 percent of those people um you're not you wouldn't be doing yourself any favors at all
2: Mm. so
1: what would be your top three tips so you have three tips In regards to somebody who wants to uh who is say for instance uh even an online coach or just started to get into online coaching or just wants to kind of make their online presence a little bit more engaging with their audience uh what would be the top three things that you would say that they need to focus on um the most um the number one
0: thing would be to um either reach out to the audience and and just have some conversations with people who might want your help or if they don't want, just ask what sorts of things they're struggling with and try and understand what your niche could benefit from you. What what could you provide them with? You can only really gauge that if you have some conversations um, with your people. So DM them. uh, Voice notes um, in DMs Um, are rated very highly because Instagram sees that as the safest form of contact so send some voice notes to some of the people who follow you um, people who might not follow you um, depending how confident you are you can also actually just invite people to your page so engage with people and see what your niche wants and if you don't really have a niche then figure out what your niche could be um, because you definitely don't want to be Jack of all trades and creates anything and everything. Um see what other people, what other I'm coaches like what are. I doing.
1: Do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a jack of all trades. <laughs> no, you're not, no I'm, you're not, I'm not really.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a great idea to see what other coaches are doing. And if you don't really know, then um just reach out to me and I can put you in put you in touch and give you some ideas of um sort of great coaches that Um, I'm friends with and see what sorts of content they create. It might be really, really useful um, for you, 100%. Um, So uh, reaching out to your followers, um, seeing what other people are doing. um, And then of course, planning, on doing um videos carousels anything you want to try and solve the problems of your audience just remember that formats doesn't matter the um the thing that matters the most is the value and the the takeaway with every post ideally you want to be able to give even if it's like a picture of you it could be it can be a selfie if your selfies are doing really well amazing but maybe just um instead of writing just a great caption as well as the caption give the audience um, a list of steps or some action points that they can read and apply to their routine, to their life. So it's the the takeaway that really kind of matters, um, which is obviously that it's the value. So value-driven content is key with with whatever you do, um, however you present your content.
1: was that three points or was it were yeah, there two? I think it was three. No, I think it was three. Do you uh, do you do you see the value in uh, creating good, stru- well structured, um, <clears throat> like content other than the the post itself? So when you do you, you write your content that's matching up alongside the the post that you will do, do you think it really matters, or do you think that people in general just go through that? Yeah, do you think they, people in general just go through their, their stream and they're, just, they're looking for the aesthetic side of things?
0: You, no, no one will really know unless you ask people. I think there'll, I think there'll be people who, who do both. Um, if, you're, if your content is, is great and people are saving it, then people will go back and they will look at your content and they will read the caption. If they don't do it, as soon as they land on your post, they'll save it, they'll read it later um so sometimes if it's one slide but it's a really great photo like some of the photos that you present you which is a one slider um that that will drive people to read the caption if it's obviously something really random people will just scroll people won't read the caption if the actual post is not very good so um there's definitely a lot more chance of like people, your audience reading your caption if your actual post is great. Um, but I agree, like if it's a carousel, I, I definitely um, often don't read because it, it just t- yeah, me it's in the so post. much time because I try and uh, digest the information within the carousel, but then for me to also read the caption is, is quite a lot. But what a lot of people do is obviously elaborate on some details within the caption mm. that relates to the content within your carousel. So...
1: And do you think it would be important to do like a call to action in the caption itself, or would you would you implement a call to action at the end of the carousel rather Mm, than like a title?
0: But they 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 can they don't always have to be save this post, save this post, comment.
1: just (laughs) comment (laughs) and like.
0: No, just like share your thoughts um, share it with someone who might need this my call to action in my carousel that I'm giving away today is share share this with someone who might benefit from, from reading this post because the whole idea is to, to share awareness and, and, and share it with someone who needs to hear these words because yeah. I talk about three types of anxiety that everyone might be suffering with now which is uh, anxiety of like productivity guilt, emotional eating, and social anxiety so most people will have uh, 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 one of those things <laughs> i know i have the stress eating <laughs> so <laughs> you, you know people sharing uh this post will definitely kind of go down well so um yeah if it's not share then like and you know a call to action is definitely important but i i have done just um just a message like go and spread some joy or it really depends it really depends but a, a great last slide can be an amazing finisher for your carousel so um i know a lot of people who are doing a really great job making and entertaining slides 10 because i think the carousels a lot of them are um based on themes so um when i did my arnold's uh themed carousel i had some slides of like Arnold's across the 10 slides and then at the end it was like me and Arnold <laughs> like you know but a, a lot of people might um create a, a carousel that's all about like a particular topic but but they might have like lifeguards um on, on certain slides and then at the end they might photoshop themselves with a six-pack being on a Baywatch beach like that's the sort of thing that people might do just because it's entertaining that's what gets engagement that's what people like just something different something cool something interesting
1: wow Was that a real photo of you and arnold yeah did you meet him did you speak with him yeah
2: what's he like
0: no he just he was leaving gold's gym on his bike ah. and i was like i'm not i'm not letting him get away with <laughs> it
2: <laughs> that was my
0: last trip that was la um just the summer gone oh, really uh, <clears throat> yeah
1: So, uh, so, okay, so you've given your top three tips in regards to uh, content creation. Just give me a quick top three tips in regards to, you touched upon anxiety. And especially right now, I feel like anxiety and kind of people being pushed and tested their limits in regards to like their mental health and stuff um what would be your top three tips in general in regards to anxiety but then also like obviously with what's going on at the moment like maybe maybe give your top three tips and then just just give a brief like kind of um rundown of what it is like that you're doing at the moment to get yourself through this
0: um my my three tips um would just be to not suffer by yourself um it's really difficult to um to get through anxiety and whatever you're struggling with. But I, the number one thing that I would say to anyone is don't, and I'm no healthcare professional. This is just my personal opinion. Yeah, cool. But um, I think kind of locking yourself in your house and in your room and not having that much contact with people, even though we're advised to do that, you shouldn't do that. You should. Now is the, the, the best time to... Um, make friends online it's obviously not as good as in person um, but healthy social media engagement will definitely um, be of benefit to anyone with like mild or severe anxiety you know making friends making networks um, networking with people Um, I mentioned online therapy in my carousel stuff like talkspace um could be of value for some people i i haven't used it myself i don't know how good it is but i know that it's out there it could definitely serve as a as a coping mechanism um so it's definitely worth trying like with, with so many of these apps there'll be like a free trial there's, there's no there's no points not trying um and in regards to um emotional stress eating or just in like social anxiety in general um it's really hard it's really hard because i can say go for a walk i can say do some meditation but i i just know i know that that <clears throat> that's just so, such a temporary little um thing that might ease the, the pain the ease the pain temporarily but um Long term, with this lockdown being prolonged, like the best thing to do is probably going outside for an hour or for, for some time and connecting with people via Zoom and the Face Party app and uh, Instagram, just pretending that everything is okay. <laughs> I think faking it <laughs> until we make it yes, is it the make key. It. because I don't have any better suggestions. And I'll I'm happy to hear out you know if anyone does, but I am at the moment faking it until I make it. <laughs> and I'm planning on having the things that I look forward to are like drinks with my girls with uh, via Zoom. We're gonna we're mm-hmm. gonna have like a little girly get together with that. Um, going out for walks. These are the, the little things that I look forward to. Drinking on the weekends. I think everyone is drinking that little bit more now and it's okay it's okay guys we're all in the same boat i've um, actually
1: been i've been tempted to, to to buy a couple of bottles of wine and just kind of sit here and drink away the paint but <laughs> i think for me like yeah. for me massively like
0: tonics right now
1: <clears throat> oh, really mm, oh, yeah. yeah that's what that's what actually i used to drink when i used to drink like more, more so than what I do now. I used to be used to drink gin and tonics, but a thing like the thing like, that, the thing like a, a lot of people right now they'll be throwing around the terms of like oh maybe you trying to to and it's been going around for ages, right? The, the, apparently the cure to mental health and stuff is being able to like practice gratitude or practice meditation or things like this. But I think there are things that are being thrown around that like okay, it's cool and I understand that and I understand how practicing gratitude and practicing meditation potentially could help people but i'm kind of like okay rather than just throwing around the words like oh let's practice meditation or let's practice gratitude actually give me a rundown of how you do do that because for me Mm -hmm. trying to practice gratitude is extremely hard for me trying Mm -hmm. to practice meditation is extremely extremely hard so Mm -hmm. like i don't know like for me personally what i do at the moment i'm going on i know we've being told that we're only allowed to go out the house for like an hour a day but I'll be out the house for about three hours like I've got a walk I'm luckily enough to have a walk that I do that's Mm -hmm. there's hardly anybody there like there may be one or two people walking their dogs around it so I'll go and sit especially when the weather's nice I'll go and sit and I'm not advocating that people do go out more than the hour (laughs) that they should Mm be but um in general rules are there to be broken so if I'm not if I'm by myself I don't see that there's any harm in doing that The other things that I've been trying to do as well, I don't know if you've, uh, have you heard of a guy called Wim Hof?
2: No, I haven't. So,
1: yeah, so so, uh, Wim Hof is like, there's this thing called the Wim Hof technique, and it's basically like deep breathing meditation techniques that he, and uh, cold water therapy. So it's the things that he's been implementing to try and help and better himself in regards to anxiety. And he's like broken Guinness world records. He actually got in. in he got uh, injected with um, uh, E. coli and he managed to fight off E. coli by just using that. breathing techniques alone. So like I got. I got, I've known about Wim Hof for probably say, like two or three years now, mm. but it's only been recently that I've actually like taking the time to actually invest in, like learning a little bit more about it, and uh, I downloaded his app. And here's I tell you that like this is no word of a lie. I don't like, I, there's no affiliation there whatsoever. I'm not making any money out of it. It's, it's changed my whole demeanor in this whole period of time that we're in, and it's flipped the switch from me previous like the first week of this isolation. I was eating like an absolute fucking dick like i was eating easter eggs every single day i was eating nutella with a fucking spoon like i'd go through nutella i'd be waking up at 2am and i'd be like oh yeah i'm hungry i would go downstairs Mm. and i'd eat nutella out of a fucking jar with a spoon so i was eating like an absolute fucking dickhead my anxiety levels were through the roof and then when i started to think to myself oh like this is only going to leave down like a road that i don't want to go down i started thinking about doing different things tried to try to practice gratitude try to practice meditation but for me it's always been something that i can't really get into so when i found this Wim hop technique and the app which is a free app to download it basically puts you through a series of like breathing techniques that you can do and it literally lasts like i'd do it and it will be like 10 minutes you can do as many rounds as you want to do with the breathing technique, but in general I do about 10 10 to 15 minutes of it. So I'll go out in the morning, I'll go and do my morning walk, I'll come back and I'll do the breathing techniques that are on there. And it's basically what it is, it's deep inhalation and exhalation. And then afterwards you will then hold your breath for a period of time. And you can, it's almost like a challenge. So you wanna see how long you can actually hold your breath for like each day or each round that you do and it will prove day on day and say for instance the first time I did it I got like 45 seconds where I could hold my breath for 45 seconds before I had to like gasp for mm-hmm. air I did it this morning and I did three minutes like I held my breath for three minutes oh wow I'm like, yeah no and I'm like, it's, it's only because I've been practicing it for so long but it, it's this weird like kind of sensation that you get where it's this deep it's almost like this, the only way that I can explain it is, it's like this deep connection with you, and you start feeling things that you've never really felt before, because mm-hmm. the, when you when you do these deep deep breathing techniques, and you're you're talking about if you whoever's watching this, or if you want to go and research it now, like you see how these how you should be breathing when you're doing this kind of therapy, is it's like a deep inhalation and a deep exhale, almost like mimicking what you would like some sort of like yogic style, like yoga um but then when you actually hold your breath and you're holding it for a period of time and you allow your body to completely relax you start feeling sensations that you've never felt. felt wow. like my hands will start to tingle my toes will start to tingle like i'll start to feel pressure built up everywhere and it's kind of that deep uh connection that you have with like that i found that i've found with myself that's allowed me to be like oh okay well like so Is this like kind of what I'm supposed to be feeling? Like are these the sensations that I've never felt before? And it's helped massively. The breathing techniques alone have helped massively. And then the cold water therapy, which I think people have known about for for a long time. Like a lot of people would go and talk about cold showers in the morning and stuff like that. And I never really used to pay attention to it. But again, utilizing it and using it like almost like a challenge. So the breath mm-hmm. technique would be okay. So I'll mark how long I can hold my breath for on the first day, and then try and beat it, beat it every single day, and improve it. And The cold water therapy is exactly the same. So you have your normal shower that you would have in the daytime. You'd after you finished washing everything, you'd then put your head under the under the um, shower, and you'd turn it straight from whatever temperature you have it straight to cold, and you'll just allow the feelings and sensations of that cold water hitting you and then you'll test how long you can stay in it for and it gets to a point where it's so so cold that you're almost like it's when you jumped into a cold pool where you're kind of gasping for air but then when you start to use those breathing techniques that you've uh, adopted from the breathing and those deep inhalations deep exhalations and then you kind of try to withstand it as long as you can and then mark it i'll tell you what when you come out of a cold shower it's like everything is just like alive. It feels like everything is just alive. And Amazing, it's, helped, okay. it's helped me massively. And it's helped, my, it's helped my, uh, my ability to be able to concentrate on specific things. And it may be placebo. Who the fuck knows? But at the end of the day, it's helped me massively. So I think
2: people yeah, it's, would... seems uh, like
0: it's working, definitely. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, you well, give it a go. You should put
0: a link, put a link to it um, in your podcast. So that yeah, I do, can... I'll put
2: a link. Yeah, for
1: sure.
0: Yeah, people can try it. But yeah, these breathing techniques is definitely something that I would give, it, um, give a try. I'm not sure about the cold showers because I'm a very cold person, but <laughs> I'll, consider it. I'll consider it. So
1: um, I think we'll wrap up there. What's, what's, next, what's next for you? What's your, your next big project? What's, what, where do you see yourself in the next kind of uh, um, four, four to six months?
0: I think I'll continue working on my um, like custom projects like creating websites for personal trainers and coaches. But um, I definitely like to expand my reach and be able to help more people. Um, And I'm just listening to my audience and what they're asking for is um, a course, funnily enough, and templates. So um, there's no point me creating something that's not of value. So I'll create what the people um, are asking for. So um, those are the things that I will uh, definitely consider in the next six months for sure. Um, The course will be are based around e- either all or one of the programs photoshop illustrator canva um and also with the templates there's people some of my audience use canva some use photoshop some use illustrator so I'd like to be able to say that I will be offering something for everyone um and something for um people who um already have the skills in using those programs and then creating some templates um that are kind of ready to go and ready to use so i'll it's everything is kind of work in progress um but that's the vision
1: and for anybody out there who uh doesn't know your page like where can where can people find you are you are you on tiktok
0: no i've signed uh, up but i've procrastinated. Oh, okay. There's just so much content <laughs> i don't yeah. think I'm not sure how I'm going to go about things because it's, it's all about entertainment and I don't know if people are going to be looking at social media and website tips on, on TikTok. So if I'm going to be creating any content, it's probably going to be something entertaining. Mm. Um, so yeah, go, go and go and, um, follow me follow like join TikTok, go create (laughs) content.
1: Um, what's your, what's your Instagram handle for people that, that don't know?
0: It's Marsha underscore Coles C O L E S.
1: Awesome. There you go. That's 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 the end of this podcast. It wasn't so bad. Like we talked about some some awesome stuff. So yeah, no worries.